I want to stay in a lane of the college football playoff because that is the most important thing. Obviously, we've got some transfer portal stuff that we are going to definitely talk about. But is Jalen Milrow a guy who can be contained? We're going to get into some of his numbers, all that kind of stuff. We're going to also talk about Juwan Howard and this whole rumor mongering that's going on. We're going to do all that on this episode of Locked On Wolverines. You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Monday. We're back and doing it. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire. Through USA Today Sports Media Group, uh, we like I said earlier, we were going to talk about some of the transfer portal guys. We'll do that in segment two. Uh, some of the guys that are Michigan's got its first going into the transfer portal. Uh, finally, uh, it is it is a loss, not necessarily one that's uh, huge yet. But then obviously they're hosting a couple guys. Uh, we're also going to get into the Juwan Howard of it all in segment three, just to kind of prepare you for how this is going to go. We're going to talk about Jalen Milrow first. Uh, because I think that uh, there, there's starting to be some kind of discussions about Alabama that it's it's thinking of Alabama in a way that is not necessarily accurate, right? It's and I don't think it's coming necessarily from Michigan media, of course. It's just kind of the the general consensus. You got ESPN type people. Uh, obviously, Paul Feinbaum predicted. Uh, Alabama will beat Michigan. I think that's a fair place to come from in the sense of that's probably what I would quote predict. Is it what I think is actually 100% going to happen? No, not necessarily. I don't really know, right? Uh, they play games for a reason. And this is certainly a Michigan team that I think is in a really good spot to be able to beat Alabama. People are really overreacting, I think, to games like the Iowa game or uh, running in the second half against Penn State or Maryland. You know, Ohio State ends up becoming like, no one's really thinking about it, you know, too much. Uh, but there's a lot of reasons why I think that Michigan uh, really has a really good shot in this game, which we'll get into in the next couple of weeks because we've got uh, three weeks until that game. Uh, so there is that. But I wanted to kind of look into Jalen Milroad a little bit. We'll do that together. I haven't really prepped it, and I don't mean this in a, in a negative way. I've got some windows open, but I want to react to things kind of the same way that maybe you will. Um, but uh, I have taken a little bit of a look. So Jalen Milrow, I think like when you when you hear a lot of people talk about what this game is going to be, a lot of it is the biggest thing for Michigan is to contain Jalen Milrow. I don't necessarily think that's true. Okay, I don't. And uh, I have a puppy that is suddenly demanding attention from me right here. So Missouri can say hi to people from under the desk. Apparently, um, I I just I look at what Jalen Milrow has done. He played in 12 games. He did not play against South Florida, USF. And when it comes to containing him on the ground, now, obviously, he's he's a dual threat. He runs and he throws. He's had two games in which he's eclipsed over 100 yards. Now, that is obviously a lot, right? Like, we don't look at J.J. McCarthy and say, yeah, he's going to get over 100 yards. It's more, can you add 30 or 40? Now, Jalen Milrow has tended to do that. He's had three games in which he's been negative. As well, Texas A&M ran 11 times for negative 31. Arkansas, 11 times for, uh, sorry, eight times for Texas A&M, negative 31. 11 times for Arkansas, negative 19. The next week, he rushed nine times against Tennessee for three yards. 
and against Chattanooga, which you barely, you know, like, again, that's an FCS school, three times for negative one. Uh, but then he's got the Auburn game, 18 for 107, and LSU, 20 for 155. Now, Auburn and LSU don't exactly have the greatest defenses in the world, right? Uh, so, when you <laughs> look up what, uh, what those defenses did, and we were going to do a whole thing before. Uh, so, Auburn is 51st in the country in total defense. Uh, LSU is, I mean, defense is their issue. It's their 104. So, they're just not exactly great at stopping things. Uh, one of the things that I had said to a colleague of mine earlier today is uh, Michigan is not, this is not Lloyd Carr, Michigan, that just can't stop a running quarterback, right? This is a different style of defense. Jesse Minter certainly has some understanding being uh, a guy who was the Baltimore Ravens. There was a guy named Lamar Jackson who was there. Uh, so there's that. But looking at, uh, you know, they, they can still win, of course. You look at, at Georgia, 14 rushes for 29 yards. Um, Ole Miss 16 for 28. That's, I think, where Michigan needs to kind of keep him. His average is 3.34 yards per carry. He scored 12 touchdowns on the ground. He's got 468 total yards, but a lot of that comes from those two games I said, LSU and Auburn. Against the better defenses, Texas 15 uh, for 44, um, and then you've heard a lot of these other ones, right? So against Kentucky, 8 for 36. Again, some of these are blowouts, so maybe they felt like they didn't need them, right? But at the same time, I just feel like Michigan is poised to, to really being able to slow down Jalen Milrow in a lot of ways. Now, one of the other things is the pressure, right? So I've got PFF pulled up here as well. When kept clean, which is Michigan cannot let him be kept clean, right? When kept clean, he is great. It's like Kyle McCord in that sense. 92.5 grade when kept clean offensively, 91.1 in the pass. Under pressure, that changes precipitously to 57.4 offensively, 46.1 in the pass. When not blitzed, forget about it. He's going to make those passes. When blitzed, it's not necessarily, uh, it's not necessarily that big. So Michigan's big thing, I think, is being able to get pressure from its front without necessarily needing to bring an extra guy, which is kind of what they specialize in, right? That is 100% what they specialize in. So that is good news for Michigan. Um, overall, when we look at rushing, uh, he, he's had mostly some really good games overall. Uh, it's, he's 87.4 overall on the season. Uh, but when you look again, Texas A&M, decent defense, Texas, um, those are the games, Arkansas, even where his rushing grades aren't great. So for Michigan, the key is to assure that they cut off those lanes, force him out of the pocket, but don't let him break contain. And again, that's something that Michigan has done pretty well at. Uh, so I think that uh, that bodes well. But that's to me, it's not necessarily the biggest thing. I mean, yes, it keeps them from scoring points and all of that. Obviously, I think just having good passing numbers. Now, Will Johnson should be healthy. He should be good uh, and all of that. Uh, but uh, I I, this was kind of a, I decided I was going to look up Michigan's rushing uh, defensive numbers. Keeping in mind, Penn State's the team that's had the most success, and that's by a pretty wide margin. 35 carries for 164 yards. Uh, but uh, outside of that, when you look at all of these teams, like Maryland was the team that they were the most concerned about with a rushing quarterback, right? Mike Elston talked about it all week in the lead up. He's like, Maryland, we were very concerned about the quarterback run. How did they do? 
33 carries for 15 yards. Best game of the season in terms of rush defense. Rutgers, 23 carries, 77 yards. Gavin Wimsat is, uh, was certainly a rush threat. They kept, they kept them to 77 yards. Nebraska, 74 of their yards or 75 of their yards came on one rushing play late in the game, and it wasn't by their quarterback. Heinrich Harburg, otherwise, was he's a dual threat, right? He considered, was considered to be a guy that could run the ball. That was where they've had success. Uh, they held uh, Heinrich Harburg to, let's, uh, let's look it up specifically so I'm not just kind of uh, talking here. Heinrich Harburg against Michigan, nine carries for negative two yards. Michigan has done a very good job at stopping the running quarterback. So to me, it's not that as much as what can Michigan's tight ends do against the Alabama defense. They have an extremely, extremely good. This will be the best secondary they've seen. Linebacking core, not great. Interior of the defense, not great. So that is where Michigan could and should thrive. Michigan is not afraid to test the middle of the field. So to me, it's more about that than stopping uh, Jalen Milrow, famous last words. All right, we're going to move on to transfer portal. There's a couple, a uh, couple people who are visiting at the moment in Ann Arbor. Uh, I, I like both of them. I, I was trying to get some clarification on, um, I'm trying to get some clarification for, uh, from someone close to the program, uh, and I didn't get it yet. So, uh, we're just going to kind of go off the cuff in terms of that. Again, not off the cuff doesn't mean not prepared. <laughs> it just means I don't have any like official word. Um, before we even get into that, I do want to, uh, I do want to address a, a Michigan fan. Sergio sent me a note about his sister and his sister, uh, needed a kidney transplant. They can't really afford it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put in the, in the description, a link to the GoFundMe, uh, Michigan family, please show the support, show what you can do to support, uh, to, to help his sister who's in a dire time of need. And uh, it, it certainly is one of the many causes that I think should definitely be supported, that interpersonal uh, showing that we care, okay? So there's that. Before we move on completely, passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level, level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style. eBay Motors has you covered. So with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The transfer portal has been really interesting. 
this uh, this offseason because we went from two years ago where it was like, just forget about it. Michigan's not going to get anyone in the transfer portal, really, you know, maybe one or two. And it just was hands off until suddenly last year, they're just making a splash, right? Just bringing in, uh, you know, starting with uh, Ernest Hausman and Ladarius Henderson. I think it was Henderson, then Hausman. Uh, and then just kind of going ham from there. AJ Barner, uh, Josiah Stewart. So you know that they're going to be pretty active, and they are as of current. So that is huge for Michigan, right? Is being able to uh, to get some different guys that can help bring in uh, bring in the uh, the guys that can. I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> bring in guys that can help. All right. So the name that to me is the most intriguing of those who could potentially be added is Jay Sean Barham. Linebacker from Maryland, former four-star, St. Francis Academy. And he's looking at Michigan even without Biff Koji being there. Obviously, uh, Blake Corum's from there, but he'll be gone. Derek Moore's still around. He's the same class as Derek Moore. Uh, at, the time of his, uh, at the time of his recruitment, he was 130 in the country. The 11th-ranked linebacker, number three in the state of Maryland, ended up going to Maryland. Very productive player, three sacks for Maryland. Uh, just a very good year overall. Uh, for Jay Sean Barham. Um, I want to look up one other thing before I speak out of turn. Uh, let's see, where are we at? There we go. Also had in one interception, and uh, that interception came against your Michigan Wolverines, one of the, the few people that uh, picked off J.J. McCarthy. That's what I thought. So I uh, just wanted to double-check that real quick. So he is an intriguing prospect. In the transfer portal, he's number 84 overall. Uh, I know that's not as high as you'd like necessarily, the number four linebacker. Uh, he's 6'4", 233. He's a guy that could come in and certainly play that uh, play that role of uh, Junior Colson if Colson decides to move on. Um, and I think that you look at that and you say, okay, there's a lot of, you know, there's added development to go along with a guy who's got a lot of playing time that can certainly help. Michigan, obviously has some guys, right? And, you know, you think you can mix him in with Ernest Hausman, Jaden Hood, if Jaden Hood really is stepping forward. We haven't seen much of him. Jimmy Rolder, redshirted this year. Uh, I really like him. Upton Stout is the other one that obviously is is a guy that looks like he really could fit in very, very well. Uh, so I, I'm excited about the prospect of Upton Stout, the Western Kentucky cornerback who kind of has all of that, that same type of, of type of ability as Mike Sainra still. So that I, I'm excited to see, and I'm trying to see here. I kind of lost my thing. Here we go. I, I feel like he, he's the type of guy that uh, could really come in and, and, and help the team right away, right? Especially with just cornerbacks. I feel good about Michigan's secondary in general. We don't know yet. Uh, I, I would assume you're going to lose Rod Moore. Makari Page, who knows? Safety, they've got, you know, Keon Sab, Zeke Berry, lots of guys there uh, that they can certainly benefit from. But the corner position, obviously, you're going to still have Will Johnson. Uh, you're going to lose Josh Wallace, I believe, if I'm correct on that. And then from there, it's... Uh, You've got a bunch of guys that you hope are going to eventually end up being pretty good. Miles Pollard uh, being one that I've really got my eye on still. Uh, we've seen a lot of stuff, great stuff in the nickel position from uh, Jaden McBurrows. But to have a guy that can come in for sure and be uh, that next guy 
go in along again, DJ Waller is another guy that we're all looking forward to that you just basically come in and just hope right away. So I, I'm really excited about the prospect and, and I failed to mention both of them are on campus at the moment. And there's others that they're going to be looking at. We still, I'm still trying to get some clarity on the quarterback and some of that stuff. And if Trevor ATN is uh, certainly on the table, I, again, these are things that we'll be able to discuss further in the week, but this is kind of a little bit more imminent at the moment. So I think that that's good. Now, obviously I just mentioned Trevor ATN. He's a running back, uh, Michigan looking for potentially more running back help, uh, considering losing Blake Corum, potentially losing Donovan. I have not talked to Donovan directly about his future. Uh, so I don't know whether or not he's going to come back or if he's going to to go. Regardless, um, a lot of big high hopes were out there for C.J. Stokes, who redshirted this year, and uh, he didn't really get any run whatsoever this year, and he is in the transfer portal. He is Michigan's technically second walk-on. Sam Starich entered last, uh, last week, uh, but uh, C.J. Stokes is uh, the first kind of prominent name, the first scholarship player to enter the transfer portal for Michigan. Uh, had an amazing showing at the start of last year, but then this year just non-existent. And obviously, they didn't trust him well enough to uh, to be the guy when when Blake Corum went down. They were like, "Okay, it's Kalel Mullings' time, not C.J. Stokes." So just kind of riding the pine. Unfortunate. Definitely thought high, big high things for him. He was uh, being spoken of the same way that Chris Evans was in 2016 out the gates, then the fumble uh, against Maryland happens, and all of a sudden it's just completely different. So we'll see exactly where that goes. But obviously there's other guys that we're, we're monitoring. Like I mentioned, Trevor ATN. Obviously Dante Moore is a guy we're monitoring. We'll see where it goes from there. Um, and, uh, yeah, thus concludes our transfer portal discussion. Let's talk about this Jawan Howard stuff and where I kind of stand on it. And we're going to do that here in just a moment. Before we do... If you want to have a little added fun while you're watching, but listen, bowl games start this week, like Saturday, but still they start. You still got, you know, college football or pro football, all that stuff. I meant to say pro football the first time. You can have a little bit more fun with it than you already are having with prize picks. Now it's prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports and it's the largest one, largest platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. is just you versus the numbers. You're not playing against a bunch of sharks and pros who have, honed their craft they know how to take advantage of you get ahead of you on the leaderboards it's literally what they do it's how they make money you don't have to worry about that you just take two to six player stat projections pick more than or less than that's it it's so easy uh with basketball season here you can also pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league so yesterday you had lions football going along with michigan basketball you could have uh you could have had a little added fun by Go in saying like, okay, how uh, how badly is this gonna go for for the Lions? It's sad that we're back to that. Uh, and how good is it gonna go for uh, Michigan basketball? It ends up being, uh, you know, you pick players accordingly and all all of that. So, um, PrizePix even offers a reboot policy. So if your entries come and they have uh, you have a player that's injured, guess what? It reboots. It's that cool. Uh, for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half, it does not return in the second. That player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to prizepix.com slash college and use the code LockdownCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com slash college with the promo code LockdownCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy.
If you want to know why I was uh, a little stuttery there, I've told you before, sometimes my mind works uh, at a different speed than my mouth. Um, call it a polyrhythm of sort. Uh, it was actually just because there's the train, and I'm thinking, listening for Zuri. Zuri loves to go nuts over the train. As soon as she heard the train, she ran out from under the desk and went to, out to the window. Uh, she loves trains, just loves trains. It's amazing when we're walking. Uh, we walk along Silver Lake Road here in Fenton, uh, try to make a, a six-mile walk uh, as much as I can, and uh, there's, a, there's a part where we're walking along the train tracks, and if there's a train, she's just so happy and so excited. Uh, so but I keep her firmly on that leash because I don't want anything to happen to my poor puppy. Anyway, so um, if in case you missed it, Jawan Howard, uh, supposedly in a verbal altercation with strength and conditioning coach John Sanderson. That's as much as we know for certain, okay? Uh, Jawan still was a, an assistant coach in the game. Uh, against Iowa, the win against Iowa, John Sanderson did not make the uh, the trip to Iowa City. And so that would at least tell you, as while a university investigation is ongoing, that uh, they felt comfortable enough to let Jawan, who's not currently acting as the head coach, he's still working back from his heart surgery. Jalen Rose had his little, he's supposed to be back December 16th, all of that stuff. Uh, but... Um, I would be slow. There's a reason why I didn't have a big reaction to this right out the gates. Well, it's twofold. Number one, a lot of people ask me, you know, what are your thoughts on this? And I'm not, I'm not an insider when it comes to, to Michigan basketball. I, I'm not. Do I occasionally talk with Juwan? Yes, but it's never really anything that's pertinent, anything that you would ever care about. Uh, that goes for usually anyone on the basketball side. Like, I'm not trying to get inside info on anything basketball, okay? So, uh, football's a, sometimes now a different story. I've spent years of not trying to figure that out. And then with all this stuff that happened over the last uh, couple months, that's been also a different story from uh, 2019 forward. But uh, nonetheless, I would just caution patience, right? Because it, it was counterproductive. Just all of a sudden people are running with this story without any kind of verification and, oh, I'm hearing, and there's, you know, all that kind of stuff. And what, where are you hearing it from? Because, like, no insider had anything, really. And a lot of crypticism and stuff like that. Just, I, I understand it makes sense given some of the things that have happened with Juwan, the, the Wisconsin thing, the Maryland thing, all of that kind of stuff. Them being under a zero tolerance policy. If, if there was like a, a verbal sparring match, that's not, I mean, it's not great. I'm not saying it's good, but it's not necessarily like the be all end all. It's just becoming more of a, uh, more of a spotlight due to kind of his past. Right. And it makes sense, but it's just one of those things where I say, just wait it out because something will either happen or it won't. And I know we, we all love to get our jump to conclusions mats out. We all want to be first on everything. Uh, but there, there's just times where you just have to sit there and be patient. And I know right now people aren't going to be patient because the basketball team is not good at the moment. See, you can do certain things like, you know, you can hit a Wisconsin assistant coach if you're winning and the fan base is 100% going to have your back. You can do pretty much anything you want when you're winning. It's like the Brady Hoke headset. I, I say this all the time. It's like the 
people loved the Brady Hoke headset story. He, he doesn't wear a headset. And he's like, oh, I don't wear a headset. I don't wear a headset. It's tremendous. You know, all that kind of stuff. When you're winning, that's great. I remember going to the 2013 um, Notre Dame game, getting out of the game, and uh, a buddy of mine texts me and says, man, you just missed an epic Brady Hoke shrug. And at that moment, it felt, because it felt like Michigan was, you know, it just beat Notre Dame. Who's ever, ever, ever overestimated uh, (laughs) how much beating Notre Dame means to the course of the season? Couldn't be me in that moment. Certainly couldn't be Ohio State fans this year. But uh, it ended up not, you know, we learned the next week against Akron that maybe Michigan wasn't that good. But in that moment, it felt like they were great, right? Like, oh, they, they had a bad year, kind of a down year last year, you know, injury to Denard Robinson, so that makes sense. But now they're back. Devin Gardner is going to lead everything, and it's going to be amazing. And it didn't end up working out that way. But in that moment, it was like epic Brady Hope shrug. And then by the end of the year, it's like, put on a freaking headset, man. What are you doing? It's kind of the same thing even with, this, with the basketball, right? You, you can, you know... Juwan with all of the off-court stuff, or I mean technically on-court, but just not during the game. Uh, all that stuff, it's kind of like, <laughs> that's our Juwan. You know, he's, he's going to, yeah, you just don't want to mess with him. But then when this, these types of things start happening, especially when it's John Sanderson, who is a, a beloved adopted son, you know, he has embraced everything Michigan, made Michigan well, despite him being a former Ohio State guy. Uh, obviously, you don't want to hear that, but... We'll find out more if it's a big deal. There's no reason to jump to a million conclusions and all of that until we find out actually what happened. What actually happened? Because there's a, there, the reports right now say from people who would know, people who are more insidery when it comes to basketball, that it was a verbal altercation, not a physical one. But there's still people running with the physical stuff. Here's the problem with the social media. Things end up being true that aren't. What do I mean by that? It's like a lot of the, the dealing with the, the Connor Stallion saga, right? Like there are things that have been uttered that people will believe as gospel truth forever now. That, you know, Jim, like I've had conversations with people. I've explained to them with great detail. They know who I'm talking to. And they're like, oh, okay, so you're right. Okay, nothing really, there was nothing really what happened, blah, blah, blah. And then before too long, it's they're right back to the old talking points, the old narrative, you know? So don't overreact. Don't sit there and spread a whole bunch of stuff until you know what's actually happening, until someone that you can trust can tell you what's actually happening. Random internet account, John Rothstein, probably not the, uh, the one to, to trust. John Rothstein, sure. John Rothstein, no. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, we will be back continuing to talk Michigan football as we move along. If there's more stuff that happens with the Jawan Howard stuff, we'll get into that. Um, and, uh, especially the transfer portal stuff. If I hear back from my, uh, from my source, then we'll talk more about transfer portal stuff too. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Peace. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. 
Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.